Hi, and welcome back to This Week in Voice, Season 3, Episode 3. My name is Bradley Metrock. I'm CEO of a company called Score Publishing based in Nashville, Tennessee. This Week in Voice is brought to you by the Alexa Conference. The Alexa Conference is the worldwide gathering of the Alexa development community. The Alexa Conference takes place January 15th through the 17th in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Most people don't realize that Chattanooga, Tennessee has something very special about it, which is that it has the fastest internet in the United States. The entire city is built on a very progressive fiber backbone, and it has allowed the city to flourish. Um, it's a very beautiful place, but it also has a uh, emerging tech scene. We located the Alexa conference there because we wanted to marry an emerging technology with an emerging city, and that's what we've done. Amazon is a major sponsor for the first time. We have many other sponsors. Um, the website is voicefirst.fm slash Alexa conference, or if you go to voicefirst.fm, you can just navigate it to it through the menu. Check it out. It's going to be phenomenal. Uh, we hope to see you there. We've got a great panel today. This is very exciting. Our first guest on the show is Joan Palmiter Bajoric. Joan, say hello. Hi, everyone. Joan, thank you for joining us. Take a moment and share with us a little bit about what you do, um, your experience, and then share with us a little bit about women in voice as well. Yeah, awesome. So I am currently finishing my PhD at the University of Arizona. Um, I'm a researcher, uh, and I would call myself, um, I specialize in UX, but I'm also a technologist and trained as a linguist. Um, and I, in August, I founded Women in Voice, um, which has been phenomenal, um, which is an organization that celebrates and amplifies um, female talent in this voice space. So we've been very well received. We have over 500 um, Twitter followers, and we've got a leadership team of 27 women around the world right now. So excellent, very fun. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. And uh, yeah, that's, uh, it has been very well received. It's, 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 uh, it's a great resource. People check it out. Um, and we will link on the page of the, the uh, this episode to the Twitter either the Twitter, a Twitter handle where you can find that or whatever link is necessary to link to that resource. Joan, thank you for joining us. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Our second guest is Sabrina Dalala. Sabrina, say hello. Hello. <laughs> Sabrina, thank you for joining us. Uh, I'm sure I didn't get your name right, but I certainly, it wasn't for a lack of trying. Um, Sabrina, share with us what you do as well and some of your background in voice. Oh, I know. So I'm a French uh, communication and digital marketing consultant, um, and uh, I'm involved in uh, many projects here in France about the, the takeoff of voice, uh, especially in conversational projects. Uh, I'm specifically involved uh, on the UX side, and um, I'm also a teacher for MBA student. Um, about voice technology and the new channel uh, that we have now with uh, the smart speakers and uh, and those uh, voice app, I would say. Excellent. Is it clear? Is it clear? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think so. I think that was great. Um, thank you for that explanation and uh, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. 
So with that, we'll get to the news. And the first story this week is sort of a summary write-up from Brent Leary, um, who's written some great articles about voice. Um, and this is just another one. It's not about devices for Amazon and Alexa. It's about attention. And this article talks uh, quite a bit about what Brent speculates is uh, Amazon strategy, which I largely agree with. You know, this is, this is about Amazon getting everywhere they can be, doing everything they can do, and, um, and, and laying a groundwork for, for dominating people's attention. And so I want to get the panel's opinion on not just this article, but also just Am- everything Amazon has done to this point. And Joan, I'm going to start with you. Share with me and the audience your thoughts uh, on the article. We, anything jump out at you as you looked at that? But also, just what are your thoughts on Amazon's Alexa ecosystem at this point and how they're approaching building it out? In the article, it talks about Alexa everywhere, which definitely is um, the approach that I'm seeing, this very splashy, Alexa's here, Alexa's present. Um, And I think this is a phenomenal strategy because especially um, on the tips of the tongues of all the consumers, when I talk about my research at dinner parties, Alexa is the name that everyone knows. And when I talk about Google Duplex, uh, mainstream consumers are not as aware of the advances that Google is making. So I think it's really important for Amazon to stay at this forefront um, doing these fun things. I've heard a lot of comments like they're throwing everything at the wall um, and trying new things. Um, I honestly think there's a little um, potential fear mongering. Like if you don't produce products with Alexa, um, we will. Um, but I think it's also really testing out the field. I mean, I really want to try so many of these products and see what could be done with these type of technology, especially with the smart plug, I think is a really cool one, but the microwave is quite comical, but I think it also could be really fun to use. So I think we'll have to test them out and see where this goes. What I, what I find really impressive with, uh, with Amazon at, at the moment is um, the way they get in every part of everyday lives, of our everyday lives, and also uh, at home, but also at business. And um, it's always with, with their customer-centric approach. And I think it's really interesting to see how they are able to, um, to making the home automation simple and accessible to the greatest number with Alexa, of course, but Alexa um, inside all uh, all kind of uh, of object of our everyday life, but also um, you know when when you are at uh, at work, uh, also it's it will be so ubiquitous, but they, you won't be able to uh, to escape to Alexa tomorrow. So that's why I I find the most impressive in their strategy is to. To, to have the ability with Alexa to be immersing everywhere. And according to me, Amazon really has an interesting strategy to cut the grass under the feet of other actors by becoming so ubiquitous and accessible that users will not ask which assistant they will, they will use, but Alexa will be everywhere. So, of course, they, they are, according to me, um, this, this strategy is really interesting because they are working for an Alexa reflex. Uh, can you can you understand an Alexa reflex? Yeah, that, that's a that's an interesting phrase. Yeah, uh, just by reflex, Alexa is everywhere. Yeah, um, yeah, that's uh, very well put. Um, I, I like that. 
you know, Joan, you brought up a good point just about sort of a, a, a fear mongering. And I don't hear in either of your voices uh, much resistance to what Amazon is doing. If either of y'all were working with a client or your clients you're working with now or advising people, I take it that you would tell them if you're creating a voice experience, definitely participate in the Alexa ecosystem. Am I wrong or, or would you not say that? Yes, I absolutely think that joining the party is better than um, feeling fear about it. But I think, I mean, companies that I've been talking to are still not convinced. Um, after going to the voice summit, I feel like I'm in this ecosystem where people are like, of course, this is where the field is going. But ne- not everyone is on that boat. So I think um, we'll definitely see that more in the next three to five years that it'll be mainstream. But as of right now, there are definitely companies that are quite resistant. In France, Alexa just arrived uh, two months ago. So it's quite new for us. Um, We have uh, Google Home since one year now. But um, it's really difficult for um, the most part of company years on on the communication side, I would say, on the branding side, to understand... um, Okay, uh, what what they will be able to to deliver as new experience with those device? So we are doing a lot of evangelization here in France to explain and explain and explain why it's so important to um, break into this uh, this new both new channel uh, now and uh, and to be able to to propose some new experience on those channel. But it's it's really new in France. Uh, we only have Alexa since. Two months, so it's a big, a huge work of evangelization, evangelization at the moment here in France. Um, and just to close the loop on Amazon for this episode, story number two is our VoiceBot.ai story of the week. VoiceBot.ai, fantastic source of news and information for all things voice technology. Check it out. Amazon adds consumables, in-game purchases for Alexa skills. So. This, it, you know, just uh, this is just an exclamation point on the point that both of y'all have made, you know, that Amazon wants to be everywhere. They're doing everything they can to be everywhere. Um, before we move on from Amazon, uh, just to put a button on covering them, uh, I want to ask both of you and Sabrina, I'm going to start with you. What jumps out at you about Amazon? Uh, opening Alexa up to in-game purchases. Is it, you like that? You, you don't like that? Uh, how did that strike you? Oh, of course, I like that. I think the, um, the problem now with, um, with Alexa, but also with the other, uh, other system, is the problem of monetization, of course, uh, for developers. So it's really a good thing, a good point, to be able to propose them some new option in order to monetize, uh, to monetize uh, their application. So, I, I, according to me, it's good news. Good news. Yeah, I responded really well to this. Um, a lot of companies have been struggling to say, why would we spend the time investing in putting in integrating this into our system? Um, and when we see specific ways to monetize, I think this can incentivize a lot of companies. So I was thrilled to see it. Definitely. Excellent. So we won't belabor it. I, I'm a fan of it as well. Um, it. It seems like a natural fit. It seems like something pretty thoughtful, actually. So I'm, you know, Amazon's moving into everything and 
doing everything they can. And if they're going to do it all, they might as well do it all. And that's exactly what they're doing with this Alexa in-game skills thing. So that's uh, no problem with that here either. I think that's great. We're going to move on to story number three and talk about Google um, and switch gears here. Google's new voice is Roku. And the story goes into this. It's a, it's a well-written piece. You know, you, Apple TV has got Siri. Alexa uh, is on Fire TV. And so Roku pairing up with Google Assistant makes sense in a lot of ways. Um, but I want to get the panel's opinion on this. Um, you know, and Joan, I'm going to start with you. What do you think about this partnership do you like it is there something about it you don't like share with me you know we just talked about amazon um and their ecosystem and i i want to get perspective from both of y'all on google's ecosystem as well whether it's your perception that they're holding serve with amazon if they are doing things to gain ground on amazon or if they're falling behind so share with share with us your thoughts on the piece and then share with us your thoughts on Google's ecosystem in general as well. This article specifically, I honestly was a little surprised um, because I have a Roku myself and I already use the voice system in it, which works quite well. Uh, when I lived in, anyway, I, it surprised me. Um, but I think what, it, what I see from this article is more that Google has an approach that's a little stealthier like, oh, we already have this joined force. Um, it'll be rolled out really soon. Um, and I see that overall with Google's product that when it comes out, it's already well integrated. And it's like the companies have been talking for a long time and then finally display it to the public. The Google ecosystem right now, I feel like it's not being talked a lot about, but they're setting some amazing groundwork, especially um, they're supported different dialects and different languages as this becomes more and more global. Um, setting the groundwork for that will be extremely important. So I, I still see them as a really big player in this larger ecosystem of voice. Google ecosystem in, in, in voice is, here in France is really interesting because um, we are well, some of those countries who are really uh, Google, uh, you know, even for the... Um, for the search, uh, we are Google first, as a lot of countries. Um, so Google is really... Uh, well established here in France, and um, of course they, they just uh, break into the market uh, first, so they have uh, the first mover and the first mover advantage here in France. Um, so the same, it's quite new. So we, we brands are still slow here in France to adopt um, the voice uh, the voice channel. So I think it's a good news, but. For, to be really honest, uh, Roku is not really well known here in France. According to me, it's fine because, um, you know, the those assistant needs, needs to be involved uh, in the, in the, in the, in the biggest part of our daily life. So, um, to be present on streaming systems, it's also, um, a way to be able to, uh, to go, to, um, to establish some new reflex. I was speaking about uh, Alexa reflex uh, just before, but it's the same here in France. And with Google, uh, it's quite a good news that uh, Google is taking this streaming uh, opportunity. Uh, but 
I won't say um, on, on the streaming part. Uh, here, the most established, of course, if, is Apple with the with the with the Apple TV, with the Apple TV. Alexa is not really is not really present at the moment because we don't really have a lot of uh, connected TV. With Amazon and Google, we've got two very different ideas of business models. You know, with Amazon, it's we're going to take advantage of our massive scale and we're going to do everything our, ourselves uh, that we need to do. We're going to we need to create a microwave, then we'll create a microwave. Uh, we need to create a, you know, a reading device. We'll create a reading device with the Kindle. We need to create, uh, you know, uh, a multimodal device. Uh, we'll create the echo show. It's Amazon taking the lead from a product standpoint and integrating much in the way that Apple used to do, or still does integrating the voice, um, assistant into the hardware and and the same company running both of those and creating both of those whereas with google we see google using its massive scale to enter into partnerships with other companies of massive scale be it walmart uh lowe's is another company that got a partnership with um and now roku and there's several others um across different sectors so uh, before we leave this topic, I want to ask both of you, and Joan, I'll start with you, which do you like better? I mean, do you think I mean, do you think I'm framing it right? First of all, I feel like I am, but is there one method you prefer over the other? Do you prefer Google seeking out third-party partnerships over Amazon doing everything themselves, or, or do you prefer the, it the other way? Share with me your thoughts just from the standpoint of we can see so clearly the difference between the two companies with these stories we've covered so far. Something that I feel like isn't being talked about potentially enough, or maybe it's everyone assumes it, is uh, Google seems to be far more interested in the data itself and how uh, the consumer is uh, telling Google uh, a lot of information about their lives through their data. So I certainly see... Google more interested in this large database approach, which would make sense, um, Google being a company that started on searches. So I think, um, as Sabrina was talking about, having French supported, having multilingual support um, with the Spanish and English, and you know, assuming that'll continue in the future, I think is really important as we move forward in this field. Google, the, the big, according to me, the big force that Google have now is the knowledge graph, uh, and really, uh, not on first third-party application, of course, but on on the daily usage, uh, on the daily use of the of the the assistant, it's really really a, a big uh, a big strength. What, what I think um, with uh, with Alexa and Amazon, um, the difference is they currently the experience is only with the with the skills. Uh, the, the other kind of interaction interaction are quite limited, limited, more than with Google. So that's why on, on the personal side, uh, I should admit, that I, I use more often Google uh, Assistant than, uh, than Alexa. Story number four, Apple teams up with Salesforce to bring Siri into the enterprise. So this is a... Um, 
interesting partnership. And, you know, I'm, I, I've hated on Apple, you know, a good bit on this show. Um, you know, I think they really haven't uh, been as competitive as they uh, easily could have been. But Sabrina, I want to start with you. What were your thoughts, first of all, on this partnership um, and Apple bringing Siri into an enterprise sort of setting in this way? And um, and while we're at it, you know, just share your thoughts on where Siri is at in your mind as well, you know, relative to Amazon and Google, uh, whether you feel like they're more competitive, whether you feel like they got a lot of catching up to do um, your thoughts. The approach is interesting because um, it removes pain when using CRM. Okay. Um, so the, for the usage, I think for the use, it's quite a good, good idea. But it's true that um, I wasn't expecting uh, Apple uh, on this kind of uh, business business option. I, I think they are doing this to uh, to complete to compete with uh, with Alexa, which is uh, more available in uh, on the business side. Um, so it's interesting because it's really remove um, a pain point uh, for people who use <laughs> on a regular side CRM. But um, I wasn't expecting Apple. So for me, I, I'm quite I'm a little bit um, expectative in the expectative to see what will come um, after on the business side. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of us have a similar perspective on Apple that. You know, they had such a lead when Siri rolled out and now they're dragging in a way that people are like, they're a little too little too late is what I kind of thought about this article. Um, and a lot of us are hoping that, you know, Siri will grow up and that there'll be more players on the scene. Um, but I honestly, it's nice that they're pairing up with Salesforce, but I don't, I don't invest a lot in this, this direction. Um, so we'll see. We'll see where it goes. But I do believe that Apple will eventually come back to the scene um, and have a, a stronger voice. Ironically, <laughs> sure. And I think at a minimum, it's it's a sign that um, that they're taking it seriously. I mean, so so much with Apple, you know, we get mixed messages on. Okay, do y'all really understand what you're doing? You know, where where are we going here? You know, um, with the HomePod, it was announced six months. It was announced in June of last year, supposed to come out in December. It didn't. It missed the target. When it came out, it was a mess. Um, you know, so there's been a lot of things that Apple's messed up. But um, I think from my standpoint it's good to see a partnership like this because Salesforce is super serious and what a great organization that is. And, um, and so it's good to see some of the quotes from Tim Cook. Uh, there's one that really stood out to me in the piece. Um, and I'm just going to read it verbatim right now. If you look at enterprise in general, voice has not been used as much as in consumer Apple CEO Tim Cook told Reuters in an interview, we're going to be able to provide the sales rep instant access to things using your voice instead of clicks and going through different apps. Now, most people don't realize there's incredible things going on there. First of all, you have Tim Cook 
talking about voice in a way that indicates he's paying attention. That's number one. That's incredible. Number two, you have Tim Cook talking about voice and de-emphasizing apps. So you could define Tim Cook's entire career as CEO of Apple as being defined by pushing apps. You know, everything is an app. You know, is there an app for that? You know, or whatever. Um, and to see a quote in which Tim Cook is talking about voice somehow displacing or uh, mitigating need for apps is it's kind of mind blowing to be honest. So I wanted to make sure that gets interjected in this conversation um, just because uh, that perhaps lays the groundwork to see bigger and better things out of Apple in the space. Any, any closing comments on Apple before we move on? I'm really expecting Apple to, to come back on the, on the first, uh, on the, on the first level of the stage uh, in the, in the coming years. But um, I'm waiting, you know, and and I'm waiting since quite a long time now. So, so it's just they, sh they should hurry up because uh, the other are not waiting for them. Amazon is really is going really fast. So I think they should they should react, but uh, react quite fast. Excellent. I'd yeah. love to add really quickly. Go ahead. Um, I agree with you that this is very exciting. Uh, this, this sounds like, to me, a great promise that I think many people would love instead of clicking, right, to be using voice as the main interface as we pair with different things. But I, I would like to see before I believe in, in how this is going to happen. Completely agree about that. That's, that. that's the state that Apple's at is uh, it's, it's show me, you know, don't talk about it. Show me um, because uh, they've done a lot of talking in the past and uh, and not everything's come to fruition. That's a great comment. Great comments all the way around. Appreciate that. We're going to move on to our final story of the week. Story number five, more than just a name, what marketers need to consider when designing a virtual assistant's persona. So there's a lot going on in this piece. Um, I thought it would be a good one to include. Uh, to set a discussion for the two of y'all, um, you know, if you uh, want to take it in the direction of, of, of gender issues, you know, that comes up in the piece. There's a lot of different things that get mentioned and broached. Um, Sabrina, I want to start with you and then Joan, I'll go to you. Sabrina, what did you think as you looked at this and what do marketers need to consider when designing a virtual assistant's persona? I'm really passionate about this, <laughs> this, this task and this point because um, I'm coming from, come from the marketing. But um, according to me, um, it's really a fun. I, I just would like to, to make a, a short uh, statement in the bracket. I was used to, to work during a long time uh, in my career uh, for brand identity, brand identity. Um, especially with uh, corporate uh, corporate identity guidelines, and really for me it's fantastic what the, the what happened today because we have the ability to um, to make the brand um, more rich with the voice and um, with the voice aspects. So 
According to me, marketers need to consider a lot of things when they design for a virtual assistant person, when they de design a, a virtual assistant persona. They need to, uh, to, to understand what, what the, the core, the core um, assets of my, of, of the brands, how to make the mark, uh, the brand identif uh, identifiable, um, uh, or, or identifiable. Identifiable, thank you, Joanne, uh, without any graphical interface. Um, so, marketer, according to me, should ask themselves if there are, if the, if the brand have some assets that we can use um, in the voice, in the voice fields, for example, jingle or um, a kind of voice, voice print. Um, singular sound design. Uh, lots of brands have, have, have those uh, assets. It should be, uh, according to me, part of the of the corporate identity guidelines now. And we should also consider, okay, what the mode of interaction that we want to have with our customer uh, by voice. Uh, what what is the language the language register uh, suitable for the brand? Uh, the emotional one. Um, what experience do we want to to propose with the with the voice channel so it's really a huge work but so interesting to be able to to give uh, to the brand uh, a personal a voice personality uh, it's really it's it's a passion for me you understand as you understand there's a lot of things to to consider um so i i I would be too long here to to tell you all the all the things that i i I consider we need to to take in, in consideration in order to to develop a brand persona. We we need to work on all the assets of the brand and really on on the on the personality. Uh, to, it's it's really difficult to be able to give a personality to a brand with voice uh, because we don't we cannot rely on uh, on any graphical uh, aspects. So it's really a big challenge, but so interesting. I really loved this article. There's especially um, a part of it that says um, these companies, some of them have the fear of, of their brand being voice washed, which I think is exactly how I stand on this, that um, it reminds me significantly of the days of radio, when instead of like seeing the characters on a screen on a TV, you would hear different voices and imagine a world where all of those is the same female voice of Alexa right, as you're telling this story. And to me, that doesn't make sense. If you want your voice, your brand to be heard, it should have certain characteristics, whether that's smart, nerdy, playful, whatever it might be. I think really thinking about a persona around a brand is extremely important and strategic. As Sabrina gets so excited, I think many other people should be excited about this avenue also. I totally agree with uh, with John point. Um, the, the Alexa voice and Alexa voices are, are quite uh, the Alexa voice is quite nice. But when you need to personalize an, an experience for a brand, uh, it's not enough. Uh, it's not enough. I, I'm making a lot of evangelization here in France for uh, for French brands. Uh, in France for French brands, sorry and um, people are really uh, happy uh, with with this. With this ability to have the ability to personalize the voice, um, for example, I, I'm working for a TV channel here in France, and when we are working with people from the from the channel uh, on work, doing some work, some workshop. 
people always want to um, to put the um, the voice of the the the, the guy who presents um, the show, the TV show, and it's it's totally normal. And I think people will be delighted with, with the experience. Um, you know, to to her, so those voice uh, really sound um, familiar to them. So here it's an example uh, for a, for a TV for a TV channel, but it's the same for a brand. You need to 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 give a personality, a singular personality to your voice. And uh, Alexa cannot be uh, the voice of every every brand in the world. It's not possible. It's not relevant according to me. I find it interesting the challenge that companies have, and this is something that even I've thought about with my own company, creating, you know, some sort of audio branding. Um, I'll just use that phrase. And, you know, um, it could be, audio branding could be a personality, a persona of a voice experience associated with the company. Um, it could be the persona of a voice assistant for the brand, or it could just simply be an audio cue. And going back to radio, you know, you, you sort sort of saw glimpses of of both. You saw some companies try to replicate entire experiences in a radio format, and you know, with with music and with all sorts of engineering. Uh, you saw that approach, and you still see it with radio. And then you see some companies that just sort of create a little musical cue or an audio cue or some sort of audio, some sort of sound that signifies the brand. And the one that stands out to me, the one I always think about is Intel. You know, everybody knows when you hear dun, 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 you know, you think Intel and you think of the Pentium marketing campaign, uh, which from the mid nineties is one of the most uh, famous and successful marketing campaigns of all time. Uh, but there's many other examples and um, I'm, I'm fascinated by it. I, I agree with both of y'all. This is um, it's easy to get passionate about it. If you care about this sort of thing um, it uh, I don't have the expertise that y'all have uh, in the experience, but I do come at it from a perspective of understanding fully the importance of this conversation. Um, and so I, I, I love hearing y'all's perspective on this and I enjoyed the article as well. Really, it's it's a huge work to 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 develop a personal program, okay? Um, but really, I'm I'm really convinced that tomorrow a brand will be will be relevant uh, with the with the voice channel if they are able to, um, to 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 pursue to give to to extend uh, the experience that people have with them. Also on the voice channel, um, we need to have um, um, links with brand and um, and you know um, a sort of um, way to recognize uh, which brand is speaking. And okay, otherwise it won't be it won't be interesting if you have exactly the same the same uh, the same kind of experience and uh, the same kind of interaction of, of interaction for. Every brand, uh, okay, the, the brand is dead uh, in this case, okay? Uh, so really, I, according to me, brands need to uh, to break into the, 
this, this way from breaking to the this new this new world uh, because it's a big wave uh, which is coming now and and to under the the point and to be able to develop their own personality uh, voice is a good way to be able to uh, to make people uh, understand also how you are as a brand because you can you can the, the words are, are quite important. Uh, the way you speak, uh, the way uh, you know you 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 are you have the ability to pass some emotional aspects um, with the with the voice. It's it's really uh, un- what what we say in France, incarné, um, incarné. Uh, <laughs> I don't know the English term, but um, it's more human, and, and with voice, we are on the on the on the human channel. Okay, we are not on the computer. It's a human channel, so we need to humanize uh, the experience. Joan, Sabrina, thank you very very much for joining me on the show. This has been fantastic. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you, Bradley. Thank you so much for this week in voice, season three, episode three. Thank you for listening. And until next time.